Welcome to the Progressive Hollywood Podcast. This is your host, Devesh Lakani, And today we have a really, really, really interesting episode because we are going to speak about something that not many people have heard of, and that is intermittent silence. Now, we all know intermittent fasting. That is something that I do myself. So that's really cool that we're going to be speaking about intermittent silence. And the person that is going to speak about this is Krishna Bhatta, Dr. Krishna Bhatta. Now, Krishna is an American urologist, author, and inventor. He is also an expert in the study of intermittent silence, uh, meditation, the Bhagavad Gita, and has created a relax, a relax with two X's at the end, an app that serves as your guide in meditation. They've got some pretty cool uh, guided meditation recordings there, so definitely check it out. Uh, he has authored several publications and patents along with his book journey from life to life achieving higher purpose which aims at bridging the gap between the western and eastern philosophy by answering spiritual questions with a practical bed of mind now in this episode we speak about what exactly is intermittent silence how krishna came up with it how you can implement it right now in your life its benefits we also cover his idea of the mind body flame as well as the intersectionality between science and spirituality and i tried intermittent silence myself before this recording uh, I, I can definitely see the benefits of i can definitely see how how it could be potentially beneficial uh therefore really excited for you to check this out also there are a couple of terms that krishna speaks about that some audio some people may not understand which is why um, I try to provide a little bit more context for those. But if not, please reach out and we'd be happy to provide a little more context. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to roll the intro and then we're going to get right into it. Welcome to the Progressaholic Podcast. This is your host, Devesh Tilokani. At Progressaholic, we highlight stories of individuals dedicated to the progress of self and society to educate you on creating an impact within yourself and the communities that you operate in. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day for listening to this. It means more to me than you could possibly imagine. So without further ado, let's get into it. So thank you, thank you so much, Krishna, for taking the time out to come on the Progressaholic podcast. Devesh, thank you for having me. Definitely, definitely. I'm super excited to get into what you're going to be talking about is intermittent science today. Uh, this is something which I've never heard anyone else speak about, which is why it's a pleasure to have you on. So maybe even before we like start off, what, for anyone that doesn't know what intermittent science is, like what do you define it as? So the way I define intermittent silence is spending a little bit of your time during the day, every day, with yourself and give your brain a rest for 10 minutes a day. And maybe how did you come up with this idea? Because I know that there's a lot of different meditation practices. You practice meditation for a while. Was that through just meditating or like how did that idea even come up in the first place? So the idea came, uh, Devesh, is uh, I've been meditating for a long time, as you said, and I do different uh, types of meditation, call it a meditation package. And uh, in all the meditation, there is some common element. So whenever somebody asks me, how do I meditate or what do I do? You can take intermittent silence and apply to any meditation that you do across the board. It doesn't matter whether it is guided, unguided, relaxation or whatever it is. You can take the four elements of intermittent silence and apply it like if you apply breathing, it becomes vipassana. If you take mantra, then it becomes kind of mantra meditation or chakra, it becomes chakra. But these four elements you will need. One of the elements is closing your eyes. Of course, if you are doing jogging meditation, you don't want to close your eyes, but you know, it can be applied. So, and it's a package in itself, complete package in itself. 
So this is the number one. Number two, you will find that there are many meditation camps or retreats where you go and be silent for 10 days. I mean, that's quite intense. The feeling and experience is intense. But then you come back in the normal life and, you know, the silence may come and last. I don't know how long it will last. But if you do 10 minutes every day, that 10 minutes of peace and quiet and silence starts, you know, being with you most, you know, it's like peace be with you, like the force be with you. So that's another one advantage. And that space that you are creating those for those 10 minutes, that space is a very important space in your in all of us, you know, the inside of us. That's from where all the creativity and everything comes around, comes out. We feel that we do something, you know, it's like Wynne Dyer talks about intentionality and then he says, no, it's not my intention. It's the intention that flows out from inside us. But how do you get to that space? And this is one way to get to that space. So I say, go to the source, find the force, and then you come out with energy. So it's not like you go into something nothingness, you know, that many people believe I meditate and become, you know, how do I become nothing? I don't want to be nothing. I want to be something. But it's it's a way to find that source of energy and then come out with something positive. Interesting, interesting. That's a very interesting way to look at it. Um, so go to the source and then find the force and you find the energy. And you also mentioned that there were four elements of uh, this. So close your mouth, close your eyes, silent listening and silent watching of your thoughts. Am I right? Correct. Correct. Perfect. Perfect. But each of them have a great significance. So when you close your mouth, you are without words. And you also are closing down any kind of communication or expression. And all those brain cells involved in processing of speech and, you know, that kind of process, they get rested. And that's an important part of it. I mean, those neurons do need some rest, you know, you need to turn off the cell phone sometime. (laughs) Especially with someone that loves to talk, I can definitely agree to that. (laughs) So when you close your eyes, I mean, of course, the visual pathway gets rested, but you are you can turn that observation power inside. And the silent listening, they're listening to a lot of things, you know, like we, I'm listening to you, you are listening to me, you listen to music. But sometimes we don't listen to the sound around us. So this is a good way to do that. I mean, a, a friend of mine did this meditation at home and he said, soon I found out that uh, there is sound in my house that exists that I didn't know existed. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so basically, the silent listening, silent observation, you can turn that inside, right? And then the silent watching of thought, um, and that many people find it hard because they try to control the thought. You don't need to just let it pass by. If you get hijacked by a thought, it's okay. When you realize, just come back to watching. But what it gives you the power. Just by watching it, you know, it's like it gives you power to understand your inner conversation. And inner conversation is a very powerful thing. And there are two kinds of inner conversation you will become aware of, you know, once you start watching your inside thoughts. 
one of them is the one that arises from inside you, from that source or from that energy source. Like when you don't know the answer, people say sleep over it and two days later you find the answer. So that kind of thing, you know, it, it's like all the creativity comes there, but you, you become more susceptible. You, you're more sensitive to seeing what is coming out. And the other one I said is... Uh, you can take a thought process and use that for brainstorming. At a given time, we have 40 to 50 thoughts at any given time in our brain. When somebody says, you know, thoughts are the most powerful thing, or you are what you think, which one of that, those 40 thoughts, right? It's always that one important thought that you have to always, you know, being decisive means that, right? You know, yeah. you re how do you reach to that one thought? And my best example, of course, is, you know, in the movies, when you watch bomb, bomb squads diffusing a bomb yeah. and there is a blue wire and a, <laughs> and a green or red wire and which wire to cut, you know, that kind of precision thinking you can do in your inner theater that you have created now, that space in 10 minutes. So it's not just saying that, you know, I'm going to be empty and why should I go to nothingness? Yes, you go to that place, but then you, you have that whole space where you can work with. Yeah. 100%. But thanks a lot for that, Krishna. There was like a lot to unpack there that was, that was beautifully explained. I do want to maybe go into the four elements a little bit more. Uh, I'm a firm believer that if I'm going to be talking about something, I should experience it myself. So I actually tried intermittent silence myself yesterday, the day before this recording. And one thing that I realized, and I think maybe this might be a question that someone who does it may have with the silent listening. So what I realized when I was silent listening, for example, was that I had four or five different sounds around me. So I had, for example, a little bit of construction work going on outside my window. So I listened to that. My like the laptop, the fan of the laptop was going off. So I was listening a little bit to that. My parents are talking in the background. So I was listening to that. There's like four or five different sounds going on. And I was just wondering at that point, you're kind of confused which sound do you focus on? So is it like you choose one sound over the other or do you like circle through all the sounds basically? Yeah, the whole idea is not to focus on any. It, okay. it all just happens, you know, it's just passing through the same as thoughts. You know, it's like some people describe it uh, uh, as if passing of the cars on the highway. Yeah. Right. It's easy to say that, but, you know, just imagine yourself, you stand in the middle of that road where the cars are passing by. And you, you know, you say, which car should I look at? I mean, you are, you don't stand in the middle, right? I mean, you want to be on the side of the road. That's the whole idea. Yes, uh, the idea is that you acknowledge it, if some if you want to, but you know, just let it. You know, it all exists. So you exist. The sound exists. The thoughts exist. You know, it's like everything is existing, but nobody is getting attached to one or the other. On another, another thing on the on the thoughts aspect. One thought, maybe because it's my first time, one thought that kept my mind kept bringing up um, was, hey, like, this is too much, like, just like give in, stop it, stop it. Maybe like the third minute, maybe the fifth, sixth minute, and then again in the eighth, ninth minute. I didn't exactly count, but at least four or five times during those 10 minutes, my mind kept telling me, just shut it off. You can't, I can't go on any longer because like, I'm just, it's just too quiet. It's just too quiet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's the you know that's the beauty, that's the strength, but that's also the uncomfortable part. So at times, this silence becomes uncomfortable because we are just not used to it. We don't like it, and that's why many guided meditation or there is music in the background, mm -hmm. you know. But any real meditation, like uh, 
there are many meditations, like Osho has made many meditations. So he has 10 or 20 minutes of activity or mantra chanting or something, but then there is a period of silence. Uh, Devesh, what happens is that any effect of meditation doesn't happen when you're chanting mantra or when you are watching the breathing, right? It happens in that silent period. That's when the, you know, if you can pass that three minute, five minute, eight minute thing and get used to this thing, then you will start the new doors to start opening up. Then you start seeing the beauty of what meditation is. Meditation is not focusing the mind or, or focusing on one thing. It's something beyond that because the, this, the thoughts will continue to be there. The sound will continue to be there. And beyond that is the flame of consciousness that I use the word flame, or some people call it the source or the watcher, the witness. There is something else. There is another energy that fills you. And that place is where you find that force, the energy, the source, you know, and actually it is all pure consciousness. I mean, consciousness is pure energy. And uh, I love that you brought that up about the flame because I definitely wanted to, want to touch on that. Um, so you speak about mind, body, flame. So is, like we all know about mind and body, but is flame like, is that per consciousness or would you relate the flame? The flame is your individual personalized consciousness. So we all have three elements. We are born with three elements and different level of three elements. We know about the body, we know about the mind, we should know about the flame, but we kind of don't discuss it. It's not even discussed in uh, many Indian literature because when people talk about consciousness, they talk about cosmic consciousness or bigger consciousness. But we all have chetana, you know, like in, in Patanjali word, chit and chetana, those are the two words he uses. Patanjali being referred to over here is an Indian sage that uh, authored a lot of the books on yoga. Uh, he's also known, you could say, as the father of yoga. And But we have individualized chit and individualized chetna. Our awareness is my awareness. It's not cosmic awareness. And awareness is the, uh, is the thing that goes with um, the flame or flame of consciousness. That individual consciousness... The one place where it is very clearly mentioned is something called Vigyan Bhairav Tantra. Then there they have a 106, 107, you know, that's the verse. <clears throat> I don't remember the exact number, but I think two or three purely on individual consciousness and how you meditate on that. So we all have that different size of flames we are born with, different kind of mind we are born with, different kind of physique or physical body we are born with. And we work on body. I mean, we do exercise, we make ourselves comfortable, we dress well. I mean, we spend a lot of time with our body and luxury or whatever. And then you know, the mind also, we go to school, we go to college, we learn programming. I mean, we do all that. But yes, you are right. Flame of consciousness, we either don't know or... Yeah, yeah, 100%. And would the flame, flame of consciousness be related to uh, the concepts talking a lot about in a lot of the Indian scriptures, which is Brahman, which is the, the ultimate source or whatever. So is Brahman and uh, the flame related in what way? So... The individual consciousness and consciousness is it related? That's what you are saying. Yeah. So think of it like a space and house anal analogy, right? So big space, hyper space, super space, you know, Star Wars. And then you have the, your little house, 
which yeah. has a space inside it. Yeah. And that space you can work, we can decorate, you can um, put lighting on, you can put heating on. I mean, you can control that, right? Once you open the door, you open to the bigger space. So we all have that inner individual consciousness, but there is attachment to the bigger, you know, the cosmic consciousness, which is you can call Brahma or whatever uh, expression you have for that, Shiva or Krishna or, you know. 100%. And um, on the consciousness aspect, I think it's a big part of spirituality, but religion and all that. But do you, I want to ask you because you're someone that has a massive background in science, but also in spirituality. So this is more of like maybe, maybe my own curiosity and I hope it benefits the listeners as well. But do you think science and spirituality are mutually exclusive or they can't exist without one another? I think, you know, it's like, uh, uh, I like to develop my body I want to do exercise, I want to be physically fit, I want to do yoga, I want to develop my mind, I want to go to the best university, I want to do the, be the best doctor, you know, it's like, and the same way I want to develop my flame as much as I, as far as I can. So I believe that all three should develop and there is somehow this uh, teaching that if you are thinking about materialism, you are against spiritualism and I don't see that. I can I can be, you know, it's like at the height of my spiritual pursuit and I can drive my Lamborghini. I mean, I will enjoy it. I mean, it's really, why not? You know, I think the whole thing started, uh, I mean, with all due respect and, you know, teachings of uh, Buddha. And I practice his meditation, Vipassana. That's my core meditation. We should all have it. But when he left the kingdom, he kind of sent that message that, to you know, if you want to pursue it, uh, pursue spiritualism, you have to leave your kingdom. And I think uh, that went deep in our psyche probably somewhere. But yeah. if you look at Krishna, you know, he's like right in the war, you know, it's like so he, he stays mainstream all through. Yeah, 100%. And um, I, yeah, it's was, it was pretty interesting. Uh, I was listening to a talk by a spiritual guru and he said that spirituality is not a post-retirement plan that you focus on once you retire and you go in the Himalayas and you focus It's something that you focus on in your current life that you live in. And I think at times we can think of it as something that we should just do, you know, maybe a couple of days in the year, we go on some retreat and on the other parts of the year, we don't really focus on it. Um, but do you think on, on that aspect, like, okay, I could drive a Lamborghini, for example, as long as I'm not attached to the Lamborghini, I guess. The the non-attachment part you are talking. I mean, the, yeah. so there is a. We always say that you know we are attached or detached or non-attached. I mean, so attachment and detachment they are man-made things. When we are born, somebody says this is your father, this is your brother, this is your, you know. So the, when you are born, you are born non. You know, all the attachment we develop, and we are made to develop. We are told to develop. We are taught to develop. Right. So yeah, I mean, you develop your attachment, but the default is non-attachment when we die we once you know that that default like the attachment is man-made and non-attachment is the is the reality that knowledge itself is more important than attachment or non-attachment detachment with the car so that realization when it happens then you, you know it's like we you were talking about the sound which sound to catch i mean basically if you don't catch any sound the sound just exists right 
and you can even enjoy that sound. I mean, I don't know if you'll enjoy the construction sound, <laughs> but, but but I go in sometimes. I do that, you know, on on the coast of Maine, where you know you can hear this splashing of the waves and you know the rustling of the leaves or chirping of the birds, and those sounds are really more pleasant. This uh, whole non-attachment uh, thing that comes from Gita and you know other places as well, that you are basically a non-attached entity. All the attachment is made by you. So sooner or later, you have to realize it. If you don't realize, when you die, you are you go non-attached because you're not taking that Lamborghini or anything with you. Some people teach you to practice detachment or, or attachment. I, I don't know. We, we get so much training in attachment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but the realization, I think, is the important part in my view. Yeah. Once you realize, then then you will stay non-attached, but you will still enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. I love that view, and I I definitely definitely one hundred percent agree with that. Um, and maybe sort of going from there back to you said about the sound, so back to sort of intermittent silence. Where did you come up with that? Maybe ten minutes number. Is that just guideline? You can go above. You can go below. Or do you recommend starting off with 10 minutes? Well, you can definitely go beyond. I mean, uh, that is uh, good. And sometimes, you know, if it is a three-hour flight, you can spend one hour in in silence, right? I mean, watching your thoughts and everything that's going on. But uh, yeah, start with uh, 10 minutes. And uh, I, I I did that some with some students, you know, young students, and I did it for five minutes. So you can make it like you said, three minutes, five minutes, eight minutes, you know, that kind of thing. So you can start with three minutes, you can go to five minutes and graduate to 10 minutes. But 10 minutes is enough. I mean, you, you did it. So you you can see, you can feel the difference. So once you do it for a week or 10 days, you can start. The whole idea is, uh, some people ask me, what are your tips, you know? I mean, like, what should people do? And I have two simple tips, you know. One is start and put it in in the routine because if you don't start, nothing happens. Like whether it is physical fitness exercise or or anything, any routine that put it in your routine, get started. And the other one is practice, right? Yeah. Because we don't become good without practicing tennis or golf or or surgery, and we won't become good, you know, in intermittent silence or any meditation without practice. So. Do it same time, same place if you can, and uh, and do the same routine. Uh, and do it for some time, and then it really you start seeing the expansions and the beauty and and the energy. One hundred percent. And maybe if if like right there where you said, if like a skeptic came up to you, um, especially someone that maybe wants a more of like a scientific backing behind it, we know scientific backing, but like they want to see more of like the tangible benefits to intermittent silence like why should i do it why should i spend those 10 minutes like what are the tangible benefits that i will see in x amount of days maybe what would you say to a skeptic like that well apart from the benefit of giving rest to your brain i mean at least you are giving rest to the brain that yeah. that is very clear the rest uh, are kind of things that will come in your life right if that peace and that pause comes in your life if you get that email that you have to answer today right away you can give that extra little weight or when somebody comes to you and you know tries to punch you in the nose i mean I, i'm not literally meaning that but you know <laughs> when you want to do that yeah. you you can sit back and say okay do i do it i mean so that pause that comes that it gives you that little extra um 
silence in your real life where you can think a little more and have a strategic response rather than a reactive response. And that itself, and, and also if you become a little quieter person, there is some sort of mystery around you. Like, you know, you just people, you know, you're not an open book. And do you want to be an open book? That's fine. But at least people will wait for your answer or give value to what you say rather than, you know, if you are blabbering all the time. Uh, so those are simple benefits. But once you learn how to create, the, you know, like inner theater, I call it. So uh, let me give you an example. I mean, once you learn this art of silence or 10 minutes, you, you find a space there. You find like it's your own space and you can create a theater there. And if you want to go for an interview, you can rehearse the whole interview with images and energy and, and because you control what image to bring, you control what energy to bring. So you can have that, you know, in totally your controlled room or theater and practice it out. And when you go to do the real thing, more than 80% things will turn out the way you practice. And there will be some, you know, changes, but those will not be, so it's not 100% new for you now, only 10, 20, 10 to 20% new. So this space can be used in many ways, uh, Devesh, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. once you get the hang of it. I think it goes back to one thing that I think I'm read about you said in one of your articles where we tend to think the mind is we, th- we tend to think the mind is like the monkey mind you know that's it's going to always go against us against us, against us but you said that the mind can actually be a really good friend as well you know i think you should have a friendly relation with mind because it's not going anywhere <laughs> it's going to be with you <laughs> definitely 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 um yeah mr krishna this was amazing um it was in a 30 minute conversation itself like i learned so much myself uh, I've become smarter and I'm sure our guests can be smarter as well. So first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Secondly, because uh, we've got a community over here and it's a community that really loves helping out people. So you tell us how our listeners uh, can help you out as well. Great. No, I, I mean, people can go to relaxwith2x.org and download the app or they can find it on App Store or uh, Google Play Store. Anyone wants to get in touch with me, they can come through you or they can put the contact form on relaxwith2x.org. Great. So we'll definitely put those links below as well. Um, again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Krishna, for taking the time out to come on the Progress Only podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Devesh, and keep doing the podcasts. We'll definitely do. We'll definitely do. If you liked any part of that, please, please, please leave us a review. It would mean the world to us. Please let us know your thoughts, how you think we can improve and continue providing more and more value to our community because we are here to serve you and make sure that you have the best time possible and continue progressing within your journey. Thank you very much.